Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. Yo, this is my Mike Dereed. Hi, this is Tom Thurman. This is Veggie. This is the Asian sensation Kanji. This is the Nightmare Fuel Hustle Malone. This is Joe Rage, the heavyweight classic. This is Mad Dog, Ooh Dockery. This is Tonga. I'm the Breaker, Kyle Kingsley. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. And you're listening to... And you're listening to... You're listening to... Broken but Glorious. Broken but Glorious. To Broken but Glorious podcast. Because like me, you are head to toe a pro. Hello and welcome to Broken but Glorious on bbgwrestling.com. I'm Chris Lappin. I'm delighted to be joined online by the former knockout wrestling heavyweight champion and the founder of Kingdom of Wrestling, Sheriff Steele. How are you doing, Stephen Sheriff? Hello there. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure <laughs> to be here. Should we call you Sheriff? Well, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I don't think the... Uh, I don't think he has a, a first name. Just Sheriff will do. <laughs> How are you doing, Stephen? I'm well. Yeah, I had to try and find somewhere quiet to do this because, you know, kids and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. You just dropped the bombshell that we're going back into lockdown, but my girlfriend's a key worker, so I'm at wake up home with two kids. Cause hours of fun. So. <laughs> yeah, I can well imagine. <laughs> so, how you been surviving lockdown? Uh, well, I've been working throughout the entire thing because um, in real life, I'm a, I'm a radiographer, so I've been oh. in the hospital since the beginning. Yeah. So I haven't even noticed any difference, to be honest. Only the gym's closed is the only thing I noticed, to be honest. Yeah, I, did, I did see that you've lost 70 pounds. Uh, I have, yes. Um, back in the last summer, I uh, had an appointment with the doctor who, who told me some stark realities. Um, so I just let it get away from me. I stepped on the scales after I spoke to the doctor and I'd reached like 23 stone. Wow. Which is, I was just blissfully ignorant to the fact that I'd let myself go so badly. Um, and the last thing I want working where I work was to catch COVID and be that un- like that overweight and that unfit. Mm-hmm. So literally the next day, I just I just changed everything. So 17 weeks in, I've lost yeah just over five stone. Wow. That's something because the first lockdown, we're like having afternoon tea and cakes every day. <laughs> Drinking oh. my normal black, black coffee, we're having a frothy coffee. <laughs> yeah, the first lockdown, I, I just... I'm not too off I must have been having like three, four takeaways a week. Yeah. And uh, it soon caught up. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So, yeah. I've, I've, I've lost about one half stone of the back, so I've still got another stone to get back to pre-lockdown weight. But it's still... <laughs> <laughs> it's a new phrase that's just propped up, isn't it? A pre-lockdown where everyone's striving to get back. On my phone was shouting at me because I meant to do was it seven or eight thousand steps a day but I was doing like 50 because I was only literally walking from one room to the other because I was working from <laughs> home and yeah I'm yeah, walking around the block with the dog so it's only allowed to go out for like yeah, one, one hour of exercise well, a day so. <laughs> so. got to do what we're told haven't we <laughs> <laughs> have you did you manage to binge any series during lockdown you could recommend for the listeners or? um you know what I when it comes to series I there are so many that people say, oh, you've got to watch this, you've got to watch that. And I think, right, I'll get right on that. And then I just don't go back, end up going back to the same things I've always watched. Like, yeah, I, just, I go through the same series again because it's just, especially during lockdown and working in the hospital, I just wanted something easy that I didn't have to concentrate on. So I rewatched. I've got YouTube, I've got Netflix, I've got Disney Plus, but I'll still sit there and watch. Family Guy and American Dad every night. You've never seen it the oh, 30 times each. 
Big Bang Theory for me. I've watched yeah. that through so many times. Wow. Because it's just it's just easy easy watching. Yeah, it's not too taxing on the brain. My kids love that. Yeah, my five year old loves it, but he just likes to see like, oh, there's Batman and a figure of Batman in the <laughs> background. He hasn't got a clue what's going on in the actual story. He just likes to see the little Easter eggs in the background. <laughs> so. but to be honest, I don't understand most of the science they talk about either. So it's just the bright colours, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about wrestling wise? Are you are you usually a wrestling fan? Have you been watching much during lockdown? Or? I um, you know what? Since they since they stopped having fans, I just it, it hasn't gripped me as much. Like I know that the in the in ring stuff no. is exactly the same, but I I need the atmosphere of of a, of a crowd. You know that almost, that makes the match mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, definitely. And watching yeah, it, watching it in such a sterile environment, it's just it really hasn't. I just I can't get into it. It took them months to get to figure out how to do it as well. I think I think they were so reluctant because AEW did it really well with having the wrestlers around the ring. And they were so reluctant to just copy <laughs> AEW. Well. Yeah, it's just just any just any kind of crowd noise I need. So I find myself mm-hmm. I haven't actually watched a full episode of any wrestling, whether it's Impact or WWE or AEW, mm. um, since since it all started. Really, I don't think I've even watched a pay per view all the way through. It's um, it's the same with the football. There's no crowd there. I can't really get into the match. It's, yeah, it's weird having the same cheer for every goal. <laughs> Yeah, the same just, booing for every way goes. Which, you know, it's probably a shame because some of the matches have probably been absolutely stellar. But, I mean, take Drew winning the title at WrestleMania, for example. Mm-hmm. With no crowd there, it just seems so, I don't want to say pointless, but I just, I felt really bad for him. Yeah, definitely. So, <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it's still a, a weird show to go back and watch this year's WrestleMania. Because they're just still trying to figure out how to do it. They're like, oh, in an empty room, basically. But yeah. I, th- I think I think if they had a bit more notice on it, they would have went full in on the pirate theme and had like, pirate ships around the ring or something. If they just had more time to figure it out. I mean, you know, fair play for for any of them putting on shows when you know the way they did. But I, I perhaps look at that and think maybe they just shouldn't have bothered because for a WrestleMania it was such a such a damp squib, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I think, yeah. I think, I think it's just, yeah. Would have loved to see what Charlotte vs. Rhea would have been like in front of a crowd and yeah, Drew winning the title well, it, in front of a crowd. Exactly. Crowds I mean, crowds make the matches and make the show for me. So without them, I've just I've not really I've been just catching up on YouTube, you know, like the highlights every week. That's mm-hmm. about the extent of my wrestling at the moment. Yeah, we only watch the hour highlights on Channel 5. I haven't oh, watched yeah. the full episode of Raw or SmackDown for years. Oh. I just don't have time. I'm too busy watching Big Bang Theory. <laughs> this is Rick Marcus, and you've been listening to Broken But Glorious podcast. So, who was your favourite wrestler going up? Uh, well, I grew up. Um, well, I'm 41 this year, so I grew up in the 80s. So, because you're your age. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my uh, my favourite wrestler growing up was Roddy Piper. Ooh. Um, Even as a hero, was this good, good well, guy? Like, Roddy Piper like, in the early 90s. It was like late uh, late eighties, very late eighties, early nineties. So he was he was kind of a face at the time. Mm. Um, I was born in Glasgow, and I lived in Glasgow till I was eleven. So I know he's not really Scottish, but at the time I didn't know that. And I saw this guy in a kilt, and he's billed from Glasgow, and I thought, well, he's the one for me. <laughs> um, and that was it. Was basically just because he was billed from Glasgow that I got into. Like I started really liking him. 
And it's not until obviously you get a little yeah. bit older when you look back at his earlier stuff and you realise he really was brilliant. But yeah, um, all did. of all of that era, um, that's that's my jam, and it's never really left me. I like my I like my characters to have big gimmicks, well mm-hmm. defined, clear gimmicks. Um, um, and that's Shelty promos. I miss Shelty promos. Shelty backstage promos. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, give me Legion of give me Legion of Doom and Mean Gene Auckland any day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because, because of the backstage, they could do them again and again and again until they did perfect. Exactly. Whereas exactly. being in front of a crowd and you mess up, it's like, oh, you can see it, they die inside a little bit because they, they got the word wrong. Or they just, yeah, exactly. I, mean, I think that's all just uh, that, you know, along with the fact that everyone's got such access to the internet. Obviously, the magic is completely gone for people my age. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, take me take me back to to WWF and the light blue ring and and and, and you know character wrestlers who are bloody bin men and things like that. That's 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 what I want my wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love the new gen era. I wouldn't have anyone saying that at all. <laughs> at the beginning of lockdown, we did go back and we started watching the Raw from the beginning, which was quite. Um, because they're only 45 minutes each. So. Yeah, that was kind of the raw. I didn't realize that raw started kind of like the, the back end of all those those big gimmicks and characters, didn't it? You know. Mm. Yeah, um, Still, still got to get watching them. They always start with a really good match and then they have like four or five dropper matches after it. And this was like the wrong way to do it. But apparently, it was because the American football was on at the same time, so they wanted to get the big match out of the way first, in case people turned over. <laughs> oh, that's wait, well, that's that's Vince being clever, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, what prompted you to don the tights and get into the ring yourself? Um, well, I didn't start until I was, I think, I was thirty-one when I started. Oh wow! Uh, well, I'm up in living up in Barrow at the time, Barrow and Furness. There was just it is it's the kind of the this is not disrespectful, but in terms of getting anywhere, it's the back end of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like you're two hours away from anywhere, to be fair. So, and I just, I never knew there was anything, there was any option to do any kind of training other than in like big cities and stuff. Um, and then I heard that uh, Knockout Wrestling, KOW, um, had, re- had only really just started back then. And I heard they were doing some training. So, me and a mate of mine who were similar age to me, um, similar kind of love for wrestling. We just rocked up once to see what it was like, just to, you know, I yeah. thought, you know, I'm getting old now, so let's let's give it a go and at least see I can give it a, I tried it, and uh, yeah, after that first bump, I was, I was hooked. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, and one of the guys, I mean, a very young Chris Ridgway was oh, there at the yeah. time as well. I mean, I mean, very young, no tattoos, you know, he wasn't anywhere near in the shape he was in. Um, I think how old he is? Is he even 30 yet? Ten I years ago. He must. I think he was in his teens when I when I first yeah. met him. You could tell even then, even though all of KLW at the time was brand new, he was already streets ahead of anybody that was there. <laughs> um, and you just have to look to what he's achieved since then. Oh, it's amazing. You know, I think I think if if lockdown hadn't happened, he'd have been he'd he'd have been massive by now. I reckon he'd been definitely a breakout. Yeah, but uh, yeah. but uh, lockdown is. Kind of stumped everybody, hasn't it? So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when when I started training, I had no aspirations to ever do it in front of a crowd or anything. I just wanted to, because I was such a lover of it growing up. Mm. I just thought I'll give it a go. Now, 
it'll be fun. And then I can say I did it. Um, yeah. And I just can say, I just, I picked up the, the very basic fundamentals, you know, bumping and selling and stuff. I picked that up quite quickly. Um, hmm. and then I think there was a spot on one of the shows I've been training maybe, maybe a year, just over a year. They wanted a, it was meant to be a little mini spot where they had a big monster heel character at the time called the Creeper. Um, All right. who was going to, okay. who was going to attack someone who was going to get him over as a big <clears throat> monster heel. And I was working in inverted commas on security at the time. And, uh, the spot was he was going to grab the security guard being me. Um, and, and just, and just set about me. Um, yeah. And I, and at the time I was like, brilliant. This is my moment to shine. Um, he only did a couple of moves, but I was in there selling like Dolph Ziggler. I was all over the place. <laughs> this, this is it. This is my only chance. Um, and then, and then from there, the the guy who runs it, Andy ALP, he uh, he came up with the story that I was unhappy, you know, having someone put their hands on me, and you know, an apology was made by the by the company, and then I was attacked again. Um, yeah. And then, and then I decided that you know I was going to stand up for myself, and I wanted to. I wanted to be a wrestler, um, and then they built in a kind of, you know, a really predictable storyline where I had a, I had three matches to prove myself, and if I won one match, then I could have a, again in inverted commas, a contract. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, I lost my first two and won, and won the last one. Um, and even then, I, I, at every step of the way, I thought, this is it. This will do me. I'll, I'm happy doing this. This is great. Yeah. Um, and then it just got, it just kind of steamrolled from there. Did you um, have an idea of a character you wanted to be when you started training? When I very first started training, I had no idea for a character. No. Uh, and then, because again, at the time, I didn't really think I was going to do much of it. No. And then, eventually, when when this little three match series came in, I was just playing like your typical underdog. You know, I wasn't a wrestler or anything like that. I was, so I kind of I liked that under that underdog kind of persona, and I ran with that for about two years. Um, just here mm. we run about five or six shows a year, and that was all I was doing at the time. Um, and I kind of ran with that, and then they came to me and they said, "You need you need to have some kind of you know g- pick yourself a gimmick. You know where do you, where do you want to go forward? Because you know I was just generic underdog at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, so I, I went back." Again to the eighties, I thought, who, who was a great wrestler that I liked who had a defined gimmick, and I loved, I loved the big boss man. Yes, um, you know he's handcuffs and he's upholding law and order and you know justice and all of that. And I thought, I'll go, I'll go down that route. You know, the underdog who's mm-hmm. who's sick of sick of everybody stepping on the little guy. Um, let's let's bring some justice to to the company. Um, and I kind of went with that. And I don't even know where. I think Sheriff just came because I was using the surname Steel. Um, and yes. I just thought, I need something that begins with S. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Sheriff Steel. And it just kind of, at the time, I was like, oh, it'll do. But now, what, nine, nine years on, it's kind of, I think it just, it fits perfect for what the character was. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what, what, to take us back to your first match as Chef Steel, so were you like well, a, so, a, a face trying to rid the company of bad guys, or yeah, were well, you pulling out justice to the? No, no, it's very much. I was always a face. Um, yeah. So 
my first few matches, I was wrestling under Gabriel Steele. Again, no yeah. idea why I chose that name. It just, I just picked it. I like very wrestlery. <laughs> yeah, and, and plus, like um, something that NXT will get out these days. Well, so. well, exactly. And one of the, I think, one of the Superman films had just come out, and I thought, well, Man of Steel. You know, me being, yeah, you know, a complete newbie at the time, I was thinking, there's merch in there if I wanted it. Yeah. <laughs> why? Why I was thinking about merch? You know, two matches in. I'll never know, but that's that was the excitement I was having for it. So I wrestled a few with Gabriel Steele, and I kept getting, I kept getting cheated and jumped by all the heels. Yeah. Um. So the the persona of Sheriff Steele came out because I was gonna I was gonna clean up Kale. So and there would be no, uh, you know, no more no more underhand heelishness. <laughs> um, and, and it just it it went from there. Bought myself some handcuffs. Um, <laughs> myself a little kind of like a nightstick, and that was it. Away we went. Also, who, who were like some of your favourite feuds you've had as as this character? Um, well, the, the top feud I had was with um, Ricky Marcus. I think you had him on. Yes, yeah, we had him so, on November. Uh, I think yeah, and we had we had a hell of a feud that ran for years. Yeah, oh, uh, which culminated in a big blow off in. Hang on, 2021 now is it? So not last year. The last year anyone could wrestle. 2019. <laughs> yeah, um, we had a big blow off match um, where the loser had to leave the company, um, which I lost. So I left the company uh, uh-huh. because I, I I was actually looking at retiring and giving up the actual performance side of it, um, and so that was kind of a, a way out. I was going to go out on my shield, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And uh, although getting myself back into some semblance of shape, I'm thinking about not retiring and coming back. <laughs> but we'll have to wait and see what, two, what the year ahead brings. This is the Playboy Prince of professional wrestling, Lance Rivera, and you are listening to the number one wrestling podcast, Broken But Glorious. So you're, you're happily wrestling, winning titles, and then you decided, to, I'm going to start promotion. Well, yeah. Because the performance side of it, it was taking me longer and longer to get over a match. Yes. I mean, it was, you know, I'd wrestle on a Saturday. And uh, and I never did anything too crazy in terms of bumps or anything like that. But even then, it was still like Tuesday before I could stand up straight in the morning. Oh. And I just thought, you know what? I'm, I'm 39. Uh, you know, I work a very full-time job. I'm not training as much as I should be. And I thought, I'll, I don't want to leave wrestling. And I noticed there was a big gap in the market in Southport. Yes. Um, so, one of our family's favourite places to go. <laughs> well, that's why it's such a family-orientated place. And I couldn't believe there wasn't a, a regular promotion running in Southport. Um, I think the closest ones were, there's one in Ormskirk. This, this is wrestling in Ormskirk and then a couple of other places. Yeah, I mean, there's Fighting Spirit, I think, was one of the other closest ones. So that's the McGull. Yeah, which you know isn't very far away. Um, so I, I sent the feelers out to some um, some venues and stuff uh, just to try and. I, the plan was always just to run one show, see how that went, see if there was enough of an interest, and then and then get it going. Yeah, but uh, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, because the Mega Slam and stuff had had come through town a few times, and I've been to watch, and 
the crowd were insane. The noise, the noise from the kids was insane. It was all very family orientated. Yes. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, when, when I went when I went to watch Mega Slam, I think I took the wrong child. I think I know, a fifteen year old found it a bit too kiddy. I, I wish I took my five year old. I think because he would have absolutely loved that. Yeah, that's that seemed to be the um, that seemed to be like the the audience target audience. Yeah. I'll be honest, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> if, if the crowd that's... is loud and you're cheering the right people and booing the right people, then I'm in, I'm invested. It's de- yeah, it's de- it's dead easy to know who's the bad good guys and the bad guys. The bad guys come out with to generic rock music, and the good guys come out to dead happy pop music. <laughs> so easy, exactly. And that's I think, a, I think, that's I think the one I went to, all the good guys came out to the Gladiator theme, I think. <laughs> and all the bad, all I mean, the bad guys came out to yeah, just generic rock. That's as simple as wrestling needs to be, to be honest, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> they find good guys, they find bad guys, entertain the crowd. So I found a really good venue, um, and they were so keen to have it. They were like they were like they'd bend over backwards, and they were like, "We'll promote it for you." We've, you know, they've got a social media presence. Um, we'll hand out flyers. We'll sell tickets. You know, you can. Here's a discounted price. And I thought, well, and, and I did the sums. I did the sums in my head, and I thought, well, do you know what? Instead of just committing to one show, I just committed to like a whole year of shows, um, and thought, well, just go all in. Um, been like, like obviously for five shows or something monthly or it was going to be uh it was going to be i think i'd started with four shows i'm going to do it like every three months mm-hmm. uh, and then i was i was going to try and up it a little bit after i would never do monthly um uh i think it would probably two monthly would probably be you know five six shows a year yeah uh, i mean kw and barrow were that's the kind of format that they ran and their audience was this it was the same audience every show so you could really continue your storylines yeah that's what uh, wrestle island my local promotion they do four or five a year usually and it's the same people every time it's, it's 300 well, of us well exactly. <laughs> i wrestled i also wrestled at alpha omega in morecambe um and they ran the same kind of system and they were getting like the same 300 you know every every show and they loved it they were both audiences were so into it and I thought if I could just capture a tiny bit of that in Southport, I'll be happy. So the first show was meant to be November, wasn't it? It was meant to be November last yes, year. That must yeah. have been a huge disappointment. Oh, you know what? I've got I've got like 150 form fingers sitting in my flat, um, <laughs> and I just I was like, well, what am I going to do with these now? So they're just hanging around the flat, waiting for the next show that can happen, so I can get them sold. Um, so it's meant to be November, and then. I thought, well, we'll run February or March. But after, you know, it's coming up, lead up to Christmas, that was very clear that that still wasn't going to happen. So yeah. I put a pin, I put a pin in it indefinitely. Um, I don't think the world will be open and ready to resume as normal until October time, autumn time. So as it stands, the plan is to just run in November again, just have it pushed back. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, November, and then it, and it doesn't mess up my booking or anything too badly because it's just it's just been put back one whole year. Um, so fingers you crossed. You had, you had some <laughs> some great, really fun, great names signed up for the first show. You've got a couple of friends of the show like Matt Fox, 
Yeah, those those kind of guys kind of epitomize what what I want the Kingdom of Wrestling to be. Yeah, you know they, they have they have their characters kind of stitched in. They know they know what they are, and that's that. You know when Matt Fox comes out, if he's acting as a face, he's going to come across as a face, and the crowd are going to know instantly yes. that he's a face, and they're going to know to cheer him. Um, I had two bit booked. No, I've trained yes. with 2-Bit since he was like 14. I've heard, I've heard nothing but good things about 2-Bit, but I've never seen him um, That kid, that kid, listen to me like I'm some kind of vet. <laughs> um, he, he knows his character. He's had, he, he's been working on his character since he was 15, 16. Yeah. Wow. And I don't know, he's only like 20, 20, 21 now, but he's already been doing it so long. He knows that character inside out already. And there's, you know, he comes out and the crowd knows. We've got to boo this guy. He's a little prat. <laughs> um, so, and that's 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 where I'm going with with the kingdom and what kind of matches and what kind of stuff I, I want to happen. I'm almost taking like the Mega Slam approach. Yeah. Uh, you know, I want it to be really obvious. You know, if if the ring announcer has to, you know, even g the crowd up again, we boo this guy, we cheer this guy. As long as everybody is obvious. And everybody knows their role, then I think it could be quite a success based on what I've seen from the Mega Slams guys. You do something like, oh, like um, all stars. They have they have the really cheesy music for the good guys, but they also come out with a British flag, and the bad guys come out with a pirate exactly. flag. Team. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's there's another guy who I tagged with at uh, KOW, Ryan Grayson. Um, yeah, he is he's heel personified. So he's from Edinburgh. He plays the the anti English Scottish gimmick to to an absolute T. When he was champion in Morecambe, I've never heard I've never heard noise like it. Wow. Hatred towards him was, was unreal. So <laughs> very 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 easy to bring him in as a heel, stick him in a kilt with a Scottish flag, and say nasty things about England. There you go. Yeah. There's a, a heel right there. Oh, um, so you're, oh, Ethan Kelly, he's a great talent. He would have been he announced. Yeah, I saw him a couple of times. I saw him wrestling with Zach Gibson at This yes. Is Wrestling. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And it was brilliant because he's local. Um, the crowd got right behind him. He's just, I know, I know he's, he's young, but he's just got that, that little baby face quality about him. That, yeah, and he's, he's somebody, if you like brought in a big name, you could always put him against Ethan Kelly and then advertise it as. Local lad against big name could bring bring him more. Yeah, exactly. Um, as soon as I saw him wrestle that one time against Zach, and I thought, "Yep, we'll have him." <laughs> just before um, just before the lockdown started, I was at so many shows, like just scouting different talent and things. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just so much out there. You know, when when all the quote unquote big names went to NXT, it left. They left the door wide open for so many, so many new guys to come through, and uh, it's just it's just all out there. And once the world opens and wrestling comes back, it's just going to be. It's got and honestly, the first the first few months are just going to be insane. I mean, you look yeah, at some I of the. I remember people saying that's going to be the death. NXT UK is going to be the death of Brit Rest, but once the kind of they brought up took out the main event from all these companies, everybody just. Moved up a level and just kept. <laughs> you didn't even notice these guys were gone. <laughs> well, well, exactly. I mean, and and if you look at some of the 
some of the shapes that these guys are getting into during lockdown oh. uh, is, is utterly ridiculous. Yes. Um, <laughs> and although they won't have been able to wrestle or anything, they're going to come back. And if they've, if they've got any sense about them, they'll have been working on their gimmicks and they'll have been working on, on their characters. They can't work on the ring, yes. ring stuff. Some of the yeah, physiques everybody are... I've been talking to over the last couple of months have been, yeah, they've got, they've got like brand new gimmicks to go come back with the, and like yeah, the best shape of their lives. Some of them forgot to yeah. do cardio though when they went back to training. They've just been working on a business. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll soon, they'll, they'll soon learn when they're back in the ring that cardio is important, won't they? <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's going to be the reset that, that Brit Rest needs, really. I mean, you've, you've got all the hoo ha that happened with the speaking out. So hopefully, yes. you know, some of the uh, some of the very bad elements are gone, and yeah, it's cool. nothing but positivity. It's hopefully just nothing but positivity going forward. And so how, how so? Are we gonna have storylines going from show to show? Is that the plan, or are you gonna have that? Is that that storyline? That's kind of got to be the plan to try and to try and build on what I've learned from working in places like Morecambe and Barrow, mm-hmm. and. Um, and try and make sure that it's the same. You know, you, you get your, your repeat crowd coming back, and there's a storyline for them to follow. Um, because that works. That works so well. I mean, for me personally at KW, you know, I wrestled there for eight years, and say I went from security guard to being the champion and the tag champion at the same time. Oh well, um, yeah. And that's and that's the story that I know. There are there are kids in that crowd who were there when I first started. And they're still there now. So the fact that the same people have seen that journey, um, mm. I just think makes it, it makes it more, obviously it makes it more familiar, but it gives it a more kind of a family feel. Mm-hmm. Like these kids and these families, they sit in the same place at every show and the connection. Yes, between- we, we do that. We, we sit, we sit, we sit on the second row by the entrance on the, Right hand side, every show we've got our third, then four, four seats are <laughs> all so we get, make sure we get there early. Well, exactly, and you see that, and you see, and it just it just breeds a kind of familiarity where it just means more to them as fans. And it, to me personally, anyway, it meant more to me because yeah. I knew that they'd seen seen me from the beginning to the end. Um, that's what I want the kingdom of wrestling to be um, because. Amazing. I just honestly, I just really just can't wait for it all to start again. Now, <laughs> I was gonna say I had everything. I had a card. I had posters. I had all the, you know, I had everything set and ready to go. And then, yeah, you know, the same, the same as many other companies and stuff. It just, it just stopped. I mean, I'm. We're kind of lucky that we hadn't actually started. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, so when we start, it's not a restart for us. It's it's just a, a delayed start. Um, I mean, I know talking to to Andy up at Knockout Wrestling, all of his plans, because he he was in the middle of several storylines, and you know, and I'm sure it's the same for other companies who had ongoing storylines. They've all just, you know, they're going to have to almost scrap them and start again when it opens. Yeah, I've I've heard a lot of companies that yeah, just going to do a full restart, and yeah, even the champions they're going to start just start all over again. But uh, so yeah, like I said, from my point of view, that's. That's not so much of an issue for us. We just start later than we planned. So we go back to the storylines. How are you going to decide which storylines are going to be ongoing storylines? Then you, you normally also, if it's if you're on the Mega Slam, 
kind of well, movies as well. They have storylines with it built into each show. So because they because they move from city to city all the time, they can't really have yeah. ongoing storylines. Well, that'll be that'll be uh, where we will differ from from Mega Slam um, because I want. I mean, I, I already had a year's worth of storylines written out that I was gonna I was gonna book. You know, I was booked well in advance. Um, yeah, and we're just still gonna run with that. Um, obviously, if it doesn't look like it's working, then we'll change it along the way. But yeah, I already had everything meticulously planned out for a year's worth of shows. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, I just I just think if you just do uh, mega slam shows, they're kind of spot shows, aren't they? The yeah, the one the one and done shows. Um, and well, that would be great because I could just bring in I could just bring in different names every show. You know, um, each show would could be completely different, couldn't you? Because they don't need to know what the storyline is if I'm bringing in wrestler A just for this one show. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you looked at the results for months. Sticks was the champion at the beginning of every show. You'd lose at the end of every show. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Um, I want to kind of keep the Mega Slam approach in terms of in terms of the atmosphere and and, and the way it's kind of the way they do things. Um, you know, in terms of the music. I mean, I'm even considering using the, the wrestlers who come in and work for me, giving them. Different music to what they normally use elsewhere. Yeah, um, just something that's going to suit like the, the kingdom. Because my aesthetics, you can probably tell from my social medias, is like a, a kind of a retro eighties vibe. Yeah, um, <laughs> and I kind of want all the, I want all the music to kind of reflect that as well. Um, you know, I'm talking Kenny Loggins, I'm talking Bon Jovi, I'm talking all of like the proper yeah. cheesy. You know, if someone. You know, someone comes out to Footloose. That's going to get. You know, that's 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 a good song. That everyone's going to get on board with. The kids might not yes. know what it is, but the the feel of it tells you what's going on. Um, so sticking like, I want to really stick to like an eighties kind of retro vibe, which comes from my love from WWF in the late eighties, yeah. early nineties, um, and that's kind of really where I want to go. Um, and I think, well, fingers crossed, that's the kind of audience we'll get. And they'll love it, and they'll keep coming back. This is the heavyweight king, Mickey Barnes, and you are listening to Broken But Glorious. Right, so last question. So if you're a promoter for a day promoting a show, so using wrestlers you've either trained with, worked with, wrestlers are associated to you in what's some way. If I give you a match type, you tell me who you put that match? Yeah, let's do it, yeah. Right, so who'll be in your opening contest to get the crowd excited? So, again, thinking about this, and then I was thinking, people don't like being put in the opening match. But to me, the opening match sets the tone for the whole yes. night. So, again, you want, you want sort of clear defined, good guy, bad guy. You know, give them the basics of wrestling. So for that, I went with uh, I went with Rick Marcus in his heel Ooh, form yeah. against, um, against Joey Hayes. Ooh. Because yes, I, I, worked, I trained Joey Hayes trained me for a while um, at PCW. I was at the PCW Academy for about probably about a year, um, and I did a, I did a few bits with him at Malcolm. And yeah, the guy just knows how to work the crowd as well as just being so smooth in the ring. Um, yeah, and right. I just think him as a face against Rick Marcus in his 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 new 
heel form would would just set the set the tone for the rest of the show. I think his new ultra muscly ultra beard form. Yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> and Joe, Joey Hayes is like he's like a modern day Brit rest legend already. It's just like, I think he, so underrated. I think. Oh, I I can't believe um, I can't believe that he's not been anywhere more. You know, he's he's that to me. He's mm-hmm. that good. Um, yeah. Just just a, a nice guy to boot, which is you know a rarity. <laughs> Yeah, because my, my local promotion, Wrestle Island, were tentatively going to put a show on in February. They kind of announced maybe in February if everything goes back to normal. And I think the main event was going to be Joey Hayes versus Scott Overman. Because Scott Overman put out this, called him out in a video on YouTube. So it was, yeah, I, I watched that, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got very interested. Uh, but yeah, Joey Hayes is a, Joey Hayes doesn't look out of place in any match, in any promotion, I don't think. <laughs> Oh, it's amazing. So, <clears throat> so, so who'll be in your a comedy match? Uh, so for my comedy match, um, this this see, I love comedy wrestling. Um, yeah. So some people might think it's a disservice to put anybody in a comedy match, but to me, it it takes it takes skill to do a, a good comedy match. Um, and although although Matt Fox is technically astute, you know he knows. You know, he could probably match anyone hold to hold. I'd put Matt Fox in a comedy match. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I did some stuff. I, we, we were tag champs at Morecambe on their last show. We won their tag titles on their last ever show. Um, and our build up, our build up to that was just, it was just pure entertainment and comedy. So I'd have Matt Fox, uh, against Big Joe, because there's another yes. man who just, who's got his gimmick dialed in. Um, and, he knows how to take the piss out of himself. Yeah, I think that might send people big, put big Joe in the comedy. I mean, he's, and it's I, to me, it's not a disservice because no, because because it's entertainment, isn't it? Um, and I just think their their contrasting styles would be would would add to the comedy as well. I, mean, I messaged Big Joe on Twitter and said he needs to stop getting so big because he's going to ruin his gimmick. We won't be able to sing Tiny <laughs> Tiny Joe at him anymore. <laughs> exactly. I mean his. His reactions. Saying, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't call me that anyway. <laughs> His reactions to that chant are just they, they crack me up every time. <laughs> oh, he's, he's my, yeah, my five-year-old's favourite. <laughs> <laughs> um, your women's title match. Uh, women's title match. So I haven't had the opportunity to to kind of work with or train with with that many females. Um, but just from my time at Morecambe, I would. Mm. I mean, I'm sure she's she's Alexa Falcon's probably mentioned an awful lot when this yes. gets brought up. Um, but yeah, I would stick I'd stick um, Alexa Falcon in there, um, and because we I did work with her um, at Markham, we were in a stable together. It's got to be Viper. I know she's Ooh. I know she's in the big, I know she's in the big leagues now. But just from working with her, the short time I did at Markham, um, I mean Alexa was a was a face when we wrestled together. In Morecambe, but I've seen her heel work at TNT and places like that, and uh, I think her as a heel and Viper or Piper um, as as a face would be would just be a great match. Yeah, I much prefer you know, Alexis as a heel. Yeah, she's she's one of the many number one contenders they have at Wrestle Island. And she won the Rumble in nineteen two thousand nineteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Well, that's, I've been in touch with her about 
I've been in touch with her about coming to the kingdom. So once we can get dates and stuff sorted, um, yeah. she's definitely someone I'll be looking to bring in. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> How about a hardcore extreme rules type match? So I've gone for a bit of a curveball here. Um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put Chris Ridgway in this hardcore match Ooh. just because uh, his strikes and kicks alone uh, are, are probably worse than any weapon you could be hit by. Um, yeah, like, like when they put um, Steve Blackman in the hardcore division, he's like, you use your use your weapons, but he doesn't even need to use weapons. Well, his weapons just hurt anyway. <laughs> so. Exactly, and I don't think I've ever seen him do that many. I don't know if he has done any, um, but uh, I think he could do it, um, and he wouldn't really need to use that many weapons because he's honestly his, his strikes. I've taken lots of his penalty kicks in the past, and jeez. Oh. <laughs> very safe but oh my god <laughs> and I'd, I'd put him in with a guy who really doesn't get out there that often he's kind of like a KOW original uh, he wrestles yeah. under the name Nightma- Nightmare um, he's he's masked long hair um, kind of plays like a he kind of you know his his build is coming from your darkest dreams so you can imagine Ooh. that's the kind of, that's yes. the, the kind of gimmick he plays um, and I've seen him do a few hardcore retirement matches, and he's just he's just crazy enough to to make a hardcore match <laughs> what it's meant to be. Yeah, that's be interesting. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> about your, your tag team title match? Well, I'm being slightly egotistic here and putting myself and uh, my tag partner from KOW, Ryan Grayson, um, yes, have us against the Merseyside Mercenary Squad. Oh. Um, now I've wrestled, I've wrestled them a few years ago um, when they were Murder Squad, but it wasn't with my tag partner at the time. It was with a guy called Ryan Hunter. Um, we tagged together, and it was, it was just a fun match. It was just a good fun match. Other than taking that chair shot to the balls, it was a wonderfully <laughs> fun match. <laughs> um, and I, just, I loved the opportunity to go against them with my regular tag partner, because um, yeah. Again, just such nice guys, and it was just a just a fun match. Yeah, and uh, oh, see, since Scott went from Seth Skyline to Scott Ivan, something seems to have clicked in his character, and it's just been amazing for the last. Yeah, I mean, I I went to see them again. It was at, uh, this is wrestling, um, and they had they had a series of matches against House Draper, and they as a team, they're just so good, you know. Yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> Wrestle Island, they've got him. Um, Dan Evans is the champion, and for a while we had Scott as the number one contender. He refused to cash it in against the t- champion, so he became like a "you have to beat me to get to Dan." Ah, okay, so that's it clever. Really, it was a really good, it was a really interesting play on the number one contendership. Uh, what about an uh, intergender match? Uh, intergender match. I was really struggling with this one, um, but I've decided to go with uh, again. It's a bit of a curveball because they're actually a couple, but Jenny B versus Jack Barron. Um, they do a lot of stuff where where he is usually her valet to kind of switch it around. Yeah, where, interesting. Um, and I trained, I trained both of them at PCW. Worked with them a little bit at um, at Morecambe, and mm. just because just because they're a couple, I think that would be a very interesting dynamic to have for a match. Yeah, quite a few people have put JJ Webb against the Falcon Falcon as the intergender match. They're a couple. <laughs> Well, exactly. Especially if you play if you play the match off that they are a couple, then it adds a whole new yeah. element to it. Yeah, if you added something like a number one contendership to it, or a, could be, yeah, what, what, yes. on, 
one where they're not allowed to go easy on each other. You know. <laughs> and then it's your main events. So who who was in your main events? Uh, so my main event, I've got uh, two bit. I know we've mentioned him already, but I'd put yes. two bit against. Um, now this is another guy, and it's this is it's a crime that he's not out there more. Craig Collins. He uh, he wrestles at KW. Yeah, Rick mentioned Crit Collins. Um, I think he was involved. He did some stuff with PCW just before lockdown and everything as well. He was start. He was starting to break out a little bit more, but um, it's he's he's such a nice guy that yeah, he doesn't push yeah. himself. He doesn't like push himself on people to like chase bookings or anything. Which is, I've told him this so many times that it's it's a crime because the man is an absolute machine. Yeah, I mean, if anybody. If anybody gets a chance to watch him, just watch him. He is he's a legit strong man as well. Some of the way some of the videos he just posts casually, like on Facebook and stuff, and the weights he's lifting are just Ooh, wow. It's ridiculous. And I just I really wish he would just get out there more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but maybe anybody, maybe the, this um, lockdown might have gave him the, the I I really to... I really hope so. I mean I I talk to lots of you know, lots of guys in wrestling who have worked with him. And they all say the same thing. He just, he could be a, a proper mainstay of, of this resetted British wrestling. Yeah, he's somebody, he's somebody I wouldn't really see. Yeah, he's, well, keep your eyes on Kingdom of Wrestling then if you want to see him. <laughs> because <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's another one that I'm really looking to bring in. But yeah, him versus, yeah. him versus Two Bit would be, would just be great. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's a great card. I really, enjoy, I really want to see that one. <laughs> How similar that would that card be to a you know, like a Kingdom of Wrestling a, dream card? King, um, well, maybe not like a, yeah. as in a strict this much, this much. Like this has about stipulations. Well, I mean that's the kind of that's other other than the hardcore match. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of the uh, yeah. that's kind of the formula that you've got to follow. You know, a, yeah. a typical opening match. You need a comedy match, a tag match, a women's or an intergender match. And then maybe a multi-man, an extra multi-man in there somewhere. And then your main. I'm not going to do anything too convoluted. No. <laughs> um, I mean, a rumble is obviously on the cards because I love a rumble. <laughs> it's yeah, it's one of my favorite matches to watch. You're going to do a rumble to decide the first champion because everybody loves that. So. <laughs> well, <it's, laughs> I won't give too much away, but a rumble will play its part. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, but in terms of you know like uh, hardcore matches and such, I don't really. The, the kids come and the kids will love it, but my worry about things like that is if you get the parents who come along who don't really understand wrestling too much, mm-hmm. you know, you know they're going along because the kids really want to go. Yes, I'm probably yeah. thinking too much about it, but I don't want any kind of negative press. Why are my children watching these men hit each other with chairs? You know that kind of thing. So there is a way of doing like a hardcore. In a comedy way, I think, which can make it more yeah. slapstick more than hard, like deathmatch. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you could. I mean, I like I like the comedy, the the kind of hardcore where the weapons being used, you, they, they just wouldn't hurt, you know, that, that kind of thing. Where people bring out bacon yeah. trays and things like that. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe I can have hard, weapons. Maybe I can have a hardcore match where it's just pillows, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'd on a 
WWE game a couple of years ago. Fantasy match or something it was. Right, so this is where you usually ask where can people see you in the near future, but there's no Brit rest. So, are you doing anything online to get well, people interested? There's in obviously uh, the Kingdom of Wrestling has its own um, social media. So, if you want to find us on Twitter, it's uh, at t underscore k and then the number zero w because someone had taken the o so i've had to use zero um <laughs> so you can find us over there on twitter facebook it's just the kingdom of wrestling mm-hmm. um and if you want to find us on instagram it is uh the kingdom underscore of underscore wrestling um, i'll put, I'll put links be, in the description yeah so. they'll be they'll be where you can you can find anything to do with the kingdom you try and keep it up to date as as much as possible in terms of if we've spoken to the venue when we know what's going to happen but Mm-hmm. At the moment, obviously, everything is so up in the air. We won't be making any kind of official announcements until until we know for certain that a we can actually run, um, mm. and b we can run with as little outside interference as possible. You know, I'd hate for the I'd hate for the first show that we do to be restricted in terms of numbers or in terms of you know COVID protocols or anything like that. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. I've, I've spoken well, to a couple of promoters said they could have put on shows like end of last year, but because of the restrictions, there would have been like fifty quid a ticket just to cover the costs. <laughs> so <it's> like... <laughs> exactly, that's the kind of thing that I just <laughs> I want to avoid. You know, it needs to yeah. be the best show that I can put on or that we can put on um, without without anything outside. You know, yeah. So it kind of also it's accountability if it goes tits up then it's on me. <laughs> you know, so I've got no one to blame. So I don't want any excuses or any blame. I want to I want to fail or succeed because of stuff that I did or, you know, we did as a company. Yeah, and again, as you said before, you don't, you don't want to start it and then have to stop for nine months again. Or, that makes sense. Exactly. And I want I want to be able to fit as many people in as we can. You know, if the, the venue holds 230, I want to be able to sell 230 tickets, not 150 tickets. Yeah, because they announced WrestleMania this year, but then there's, and they said they're hoping the people in a stadium. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how the ticket allocation is going to be for that. I don't sure if they've announced it yet. So. Well, the the potential for attendance over in American, American stadiums and stuff is so huge. Even if they mm-hmm. only did sell half the tickets, you're still looking at forty, fifty thousand people, aren't you? Yeah. Well, so they probably yeah. Probably cover the cost if they had like the ten percent of some of the stadiums over there. <laughs> ten thousand people. <laughs> but I've, I've seen pictures of like indie shows over there, and there doesn't seem to be any social distance. <laughs> so, uh, with 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 no respect, uh, or sorry, no offense intended, they're kind of a law unto themselves out in America, though, aren't they? So <laughs> oh, yeah, you couldn't no. get away. With, you no. couldn't get away with it over here. <laughs> Is there? Do you want to finish those? Or, uh, uh, I think I have waffled on quite long enough and um, I think I've covered everything <laughs> <laughs> right, so I've really enjoyed being today I'd love to have you on again in the future maybe October time hopefully if you've got the show on we can get to a promotion yeah yeah. once I've, once, once I've got something to really push and promote yeah I'd happily come back on <laughs>